Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Everything is everything. Everything is good. Um, hold on. Give me a second. I'm remembering a song with the word everything. <laughs> it popped in my head, and now it's a very specific song. And I can't go to the thousands of other songs right now with that word in my head. You know what because happen, if obsessive. you went to all the thousands of songs that would rise up in your head? They would rise up and crash through! Dawkins, they give it the flood. Keep your death threats to 140 characters or less. I showed my hand a little bit on A little that, bit. I actually, slipped. you see, I, I was, I, I was so excited because. You know what I was going to do? I was going to be like, so you know this is the uh, Christmas episode and we always go, Mariah! <laughs> Speaking of Mariah, Mariah Carey is out is of her cave. Is she in the news? No, she's out of her cave again with that song I keep hearing it fucking everywhere. Oh. That's how you know. Yep. That's how you know. That's how you know. God, in America. Fuck Mariah Carey. And... You know, she's terrible to her production staff. I mean, did we assume otherwise? Like, we knew she was a diva from the jump. Like, that's her whole brand. Yeah. At a you... certain point, I feel like you have to stop... I not stop blaming the environment because yeah we have to get rid of all these toxic environments but you also have to look at yourself and be like did I choose to be here yeah you ever so I got a rush of Florida this week mm. but it was fake but it was so good oh, it makes me upset it yeah. makes me want to go if this is a Russia, Florida, or if this is a fake news well, bit. Well, I mean, let, let me hear. I want, uh, so, All right. Real story or onion? No, this this is a, a, a fake story that wasn't an onion article. But oh. anyway, man covers knuckles in peanut butter and then punches his neighbor who is allergic to peanuts in the face. Oh, yeah. No, that sounds fake. It, it does sound <laughs> fake, but it also... <laughs> it's it, it's like it's about things. the point of I don't believe it, but I could see it. Yeah. Kind of like how exactly. Eminem dying would cause the end of free speech in America. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh man! What you said is one of the most idiotic things. <laughs> uh, could you just? I feel like. That's almost as wild as the dude breaking into Kylie or breaking into what's his name's house. DeRozan? Yeah, thinking. No, so like the thing is, is that's that's like premeditated to actually like know because like that motherfucker is allergic to peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, if I was gonna take revenge on my neighbor, that's certainly like. Like, that's the most passive-aggressive way to be aggressive. There is nothing I was going to say. Because I don't think the nothing. punch is going to, like, you know, make the news. There's nothing passive-aggressive about punching your neighbor in the face, though. No, <laughs> and, but, I mean, doing the peanut butter is the extra mile, like... Yeah, no, I mean, this, is, this didn't actually happen, but... That's extra but, spiteful shit. But we could see it. I could see it. Not the craziest thing I've heard. 
Oh, man. I mean, I, like, the, the dude dying by burying himself alive was definitely crazier. The fact that that was real. Yeah, exactly. That story was real, but this one isn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, this whole... Fake news. <laughs> Today in fake news. It's fake news. We actually do have, like, a lot of relevant things uh, to talk about. However, I want to say I'm disappointed in all of you Flood listeners out there. Uh-oh. I cannot believe that you think Training Day is m- a more epic monologue than Pulp Fiction. I what the fuck you, is wrong with y'all? I told you. Seriously, you say in. what again? Oh, allow me to retort? Does he look like a bitch? All the same speech. I think you're just thinking about your favorite quotables, though. Like the, but that, that one the has... moment leading up to Denzel's speech at the end of training day. All like, right, I will give you the situation to which the monologue. It's the occurs. Mon- it, I was gonna say he also the doesn't die. It's like that's so. not like the thing is is like he doesn't. He's not about to go down there. Everybody's just like. Man, you don't matter. I mean, they walk away. He does. That's an ego death, yo. That's almost better than him getting shot up. Watching this dude who has been tormenting everybody throughout the movie, like, break down like that. And it's almost like the, um, the little parasite thing in Full Metal Alchemist when he's, like, oh, having his break. Yeah, when Envy's having his breakdown, it's kind of the same thing, right? Except for more powerful because it's Denzel, right? And he's like, still, he's losing out. You just said that Denzel is more powerful than a homunculus. Are we disagreeing with me? I'm (laughs) saying that this is a really hot take. I mean, we're talking about the equalizer You see, no, but like, the other thing is, is like, even if we had, like, the argument of an actor has all of the powers of everyone they've ever played, I still don't think that Denzel is gonna beat a homunculus. Are you sure about that? I mean, if we just give him the equalizer skills, right? Envy's fucking huge! For starters, you have to remember, Envy's actually like- King a- Kong ain't got shit on me! I don't think King Kong got shit on Envy! <laughs> I'm just saying. You wanna talk about quotables. All right, let's so pull up Denzel's discography. That's and what let's I'm see, doing does he right have anybody with like superpowers or anything? I mean, I want him running a criminal organization more than anybody else with fucking... There's... With, like, American Gangster and... So there's the Book of Eli and the Equalizer. So let's just start with those All right, so he's really good with a gun. And he's also good with his hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, Envy can shapeshift, and she weighs, like, tons. Like, literal tons of pounds. She's made of souls that she's eaten. Well, actually, I guess I have to say they, because, I mean, Envy is actually extremely androgynous in the show. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't... Like, you can totally see Envy as a man or a woman, and I think people will just say the pronoun, whichever they think it is. Like, I I don't even think about it. I would also beg to argue that Alonzo has gotten powerful off of the souls that he has eaten. (laughs) Look, no, he hasn't gotten powerful. His bankroll has. Also, I would like He's to... got that Bruce Wayne superpower, but oh. not to that level. I would also like to argue that Captain Whip, you know, landed that plane <laughs> without killing all those people while, like... Envy killed Hughes. Boosted on tons of cocaine. Envy killed Hughes. I mean, man on fire. 
John, he was. John Q. <laughs> I mean, all right, yeah, we had it. Denzel's a badass. We know. That we already knew. He's also Malcolm X, right? So he may even be able to talk Envy into, like, converting to Islam. <laughs> that just reminds me of the fucking... God, I think it was Chappelle who was like, good luck serving your years in federal prison and converting to Islam. <laughs> Yo, because, I mean, it's very typical when you're on the side of the fence. But... <laughs> I'm just saying, we have to think about the parameters as to which this fight can be won, so... I mean, at that point, you either are shaving your head or praying five times a day. Pick one. Mm, mm, Are we still talking about Denzel versus Envy? Well, I was talking about, like, if a white dude gets thrown into prison, Mm, but... That's fair. That's fair. I mean, what are our options? (laughs) That, or I could just start the, like, gambling ring and be a three-card Monty guy until I get shivved. To answer your question, though, I don't think Denzel has been a superhero in any movies, though. Not, not that I can see. He's come close in, like I said, the Book of Eli and the Equalizer to being a superhero, but no. All right, so this actually brings me into one of my hot takes, and it's also really fitting for this episode. The MCU needs a Christmas movie. What? <laughs> Merry Christmas, y'all. It's the Christmas episode. Woo! Hey, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Happy birthday, J-Dog. Happy birthday, Jesus. Young Jesus. What would a Marvel Christmas movie look like? Who would be the superhero? Yeah, no, that was the first question. I was like, who would be the superhero for a Marvel Christmas movie? It would either be Captain America or Spider-Man. I was thinking Spider-Man would be one. Uh, If we're thinking MCU, instead of introducing a whole ass new character, it's got to be one that's already established first and foremost. Uh, okay, yeah, then Spider-Man would be a really good one. Or Captain America. They could also, ooh, they could do the X-Men as like a, you could yeah. do an ensemble casting Christmas movie See, with the X-Men. And now, do it like like Charlie Brown's Christmas style. Yeah, No, or no, because immediately what I feel like you're thinking about is Nightcrawler in place of Rudolph and Santa needs help. No, 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 so this is another thing. No, Santa needs help delivering his Christmas presents. So instead of working Rudolph to death again, Nightcrawler is in the... Fuck all that. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Naruto have the same plot line. What? Look, see, I saw this tweet (laughs) earlier today. I would... Naruto the Lost Ninja. Oh, God. Had a really evil spirit. Here we go. All of the other ninjas... Used to laugh and call him names. Uh oh. All of the. Uh, uh, and then one foggy ninja war. Uh huh. Hokage uh-huh. came to say. That's right. Talk that talk. With your demons, spirit so bright, won't you save our ass tonight? Woo! Woo! Don DeMarco. <laughs> All of the other ninjas. They, oh, he's still no, going. Wait, wait, what's the last part of He Will Go Down in History? Or, um... He'll go down in history. I don't remember. And he'll become Hokage. <laughs> uh, give it up for Zig, y'all. He really Same plot. <laughs> Naruto, Naruto is a Christmas TV series. Mm, mm. So... 
the longest form Christmas celebration in pop culture history. Was this all just a roundabout way to get us into your argument on Naruto and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer being the same story? No, this wasn't. It just happened to fall in this way. We can bring it back. Who else do you think could be a Marvel Cinematic character in the Christmas movie? Also, what's the fucking plot of an MCU Christmas movie? If it's Spider-Man, Spider I'm imagining like, Home and Alone, Lost in New York, meets, like, Catch Me If You Can. Or Deadpool, right? Like, cause Deadpool. Deadpool. De it would have to be Deadpool. Uh, a Deadpool Christmas movie. And that would actually just be the title. <laughs> Deadpool, yeah. A Deadpool Christmas. Christmas movie, yeah. And Santa gets kidnapped and Deadpool's gotta get it back. I don't know, Santa gets kidnapped by who? Maybe it's like a choose-your-own-adventure and Deadpool's looking at the camera and he's just like, what would you guys do? Wait, wait. Wait, that's a good idea. Like watching a Dora the Explorer <laughs> episode. What do you think? Can you guys see Santa? I can too. <laughs> that shit was so weird, Joe. Yeah. The first time I saw that shit, like, even just thinking about, like, Blue's Clues and shit, it's like, can you guys find a clue? And I'm like, bitch, if you don't turn around, the shit is right there behind you, nigga. <laughs> and you're sitting in your basement, and you're like, who the hell am I going to talk to? You're, <laughs> you're on a TV screen. People just walk in, and you see they're sitting there talking to Dora, like, behind boots, behind boots. You know, I was, I was watching Yu-Gi-Oh! again last night, and I was laughing my ass off, and Kaibo was like, set two cards face down, and then end my turn. And Joey's like, I'm going to play one card attack and Kaiba's like pardon me while I use my three cards to kill your one wheeler third rate duelist and I'm sitting there like and there everybody in the show is like he just crushed Carter to death and I'm sitting there like no he just fucking minus two'd himself that's like yeah. terrible inefficient play <laughs> Kaiba's terrible literally just wasted three cards to kill one it wasn't even that powerful but what the fuck are you doing damn how did we get here uh, I don't entirely know. Anyway, so, so a Deadpool Christmas movie. Yes. Hilarious. I could dig it. It would have to have Macaulay Culkin somewhere in there. <laughs> so, As himself. So unless now, it goes like it's it's Deadpool and Cable and they're traveling through time portals. That was gonna say. And then they get I'm into just... like the the Home and Alone, Lost in New York timeline, yep, but it's Macaulay go. Culkin grown up. That's what I'm saying. So now it's just Deadpool and Home Alone, right? And then maybe other Deadpool other movie Alone. franchises. Like, what What if he's in New York and he needs to, like, chase somebody through all of these different timelines and it all happens at Christmas, but they don't change time, so they're going mm. through these different movies at Christmas time. So he's going through So, all like, imagine if he goes through a portal and he meets Macaulay Culkin in Lost in New York and then he's like, oh, crap. But the portal only translates timelines, not location. So he walks through another portal. He's still in New York. And then all of a sudden, he's in coming to America, New York. So what you want is a Deadpool. So what you want is... is to make Deadpool canon with the real world. Yeah. Deadpool, a Christmas clip show. <laughs> of all Basically. your favorite Christmas movie moments, now featuring Deadpool. Yes. <laughs> Write the check, Marvel. Thank chasing, you. Chasing somebody... <laughs> Like chasing, I don't know. Um, who's a decent like time traveling Deadpool could feasibly Dashing fight this person? Through the snow. 
with Deadpool on his way. <laughs> Through the fields we go, hunting down. No, hold on. No, no. Deadpool's on his way. New ideas, no. Recycle today. <laughs> Deadpool's super fun. Make quick in Christmas, hooray. I feel like there is a Deadpool Christmas movie already. <laughs> Even if it no, is. No, but like, like the a... thing is, is like this sounded like a meme. I was like a, an MCU Christmas movie, and I'll be like, yeah, a yeah. Deadpool Christmas movie? That would be fucking amazing. Look, I typed in, Google needs to stop listening to me, because I immediately typed in Deadpool, and it was like, Deadpool Christmas? <laughs> is there a Deadpool Christmas? Hold on. No. Okay, sweet. Marvel, right? Actually, no, Disney, right? The bigger check. <laughs> yeah, actually. We've literally just given you a billion dollar idea. At least 500 million. I mean, the name of Deadpool in a movie alone is going to grow to 100 million, right? Hold on, wait, no, I think there was a Deadpool Christmas special that came out before the second Deadpool movie. Son of a bitch. Our Deadpool Christmas sounds better. Our Deadpool Christmas sounds way better. Doesn't Die Hard 3 take place during Christmas too? Yeah. Yeah, he could totally just hop through another portal and help out with John McClane and Sammy La How many times can he hop through a different portal in New York and meet a different version of Samuel L. Jackson? Wait, say that again? Okay, no, so like I said, he's, he's going through all these portals in Manhattan and he's changing timelines, but he's never changing location. So like he walks through the portal and it's like he just took a step on the sidewalk. Yeah. But now right, he's in a I different part. part. How many different movies and versions of Samuel L. Jackson could Deadpool oh, be? <laughs> oh God, so now we're in the same verse? <laughs> yeah, so you know, he's Instead obviously Nick Fury and then he goes through a portal into, into Die Hard. Instead and then of he's the Spideyverse, it's the same verse and yeah. Deadpool is now traveling through all the different movies Samuel L. Jackson, so Deadpool and Black Snake Moan is what you want to happen? Is that Does that take place in Manhattan? They all have to no, be we, movies where Samuel L. Jackson shows up in Manhattan. Nah, nah because, I don't like that metric anymore. Because the whole... Like, now I just want Deadpool traveling through movies that Sam has been in. Sequel? <laughs> Valentine's, Valentine's Day movie. No. It, instead of the Spidey verse, it has to be the Sam verse. Um, the Jackson verse. No, because then he ends up in Michael Jackson movies and shit. Um, the L timeline. <laughs> House of L. Yes! <laughs> yes! Disney, give us the bag! I don't understand why. It hasn't happened. Why are we just not writing for Disney at this point? I mean, somebody needs to be fired because clearly they're not on their job. Like, you've been doing this 10 years, Marvel. How have you not tapped into Christmas movies yet? Where's the MCU rom-com? That's uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was listening to a pod the other day. I mean, like, they even, like, Winter Soldier? Realistically, it's a spy movie. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's it's not a superhero movie. It's a spy movie. Yeah. No. And I kind of like dig the... That's kind of like all the Thor movies turned into like low-key comedies for real, for real. Yeah. I mean, Ragnarok was a buddy cop movie. Exactly. So, they know how to keep this shit relevant and fresh. All they really need, though, is somebody behind the gears to 
that doesn't need to be subtle and can just be like, yo, let's just have Deadpool follow different versions of Samuel L. Jackson through Christmas movies. Take the kid gloves off. It's time Samuel to L. has had to have been in at least two or three different Christmas movies. And he had to have been in at least two or three movies that take place in Manhattan. <laughs> I would probably argue it's more than that. I, I, I mean, so would I. But I'm saying we could comfortably have Deadpool chase versions of Samuel L. Jackson for like 10 minutes at a time through Manhattan on Christmas. The Long Kiss Goodnight is a Christmas movie. I don't know if that happens. I feel like that's in New York. And it's got Samuel L. Jackson in it. Okay, what movies, what Christmas movies would you want to see Deadpool cross into? Obviously Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. God, no. Die Hard. I, I want him to like chase them through one of the old claymation cartoons. <laughs> yeah. <look. laughs> that would be great. Oh, fucking a Christmas story. Yo, and Deadpool, like, you're gonna shoot your eye out, Ralphie. <laughs> I would, no, Deadpool would come through the portal with his tongue already attached to the pole. <laughs> and he'd just be like, I don't have time for this, and cut off his own tongue. That's what I'm saying. And, and then he would try to say something. He would just be like, oh, 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 until his mouth regenerates. Or instead of, like, letting Ralphie shoot his eye out, Deadpool would just take the BB gun and shoots his own eye out to demonstrate how it can happen and freak all the kids out. Yeah, I'd be like, look, kids, this is not what you want to do. All his, like, eye is, like, Right. You know, Ralphie, your mom was entirely correct. <laughs> I double dog dare you, and Deadpool comes in with the moment of clarity, and he's just like, Look, Ralphie, you don't need to succumb to peer pressure. Stop it. Get some help. Deadpool showing up in a Christmas carol. <laughs> a Deadpool Deadpool showing up in um Oh, a Christmas carol is the fucking um Carl Dickens movie, isn't it? Yeah, yep. <laughs> That's what I'm Deadpool saying. showing up in a Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> there you go. I feel like Deadpool was definitely one of the the three ghosts. Do you the... think of when you think of a Christmas Carol? Deadpool do you think of the, the original Christmas Carol or a Muppets Christmas Carol? It's always a Muppets Christmas. Carol. I kind of think of like a hybrid of the two. Like Timmy, like 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 uh, Tiny Tim is always like Mini Kermit. Yeah. He's always the Mini Kermit. Sometimes I think about uh, Disney's A Christmas Carol, though, where, like, Scrooge McDuck is Scrooge. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one, too. The live-action one, like, when I when it goes to, like, Ghost of Christmas Future, always the live-action one for me. Yeah, that's fair. And, Deadpool um, would definitely be Ghost of Christmas Present, though. Yeah. I've made a lot of, like, references and jokes over the years, and it really, like, um... I, it it kind of disappoints me that people don't get the reference. It's like anything to like rattling chains. Oh, yeah. It's kind of fallen out, though, of like the cultural zeitgeist. Like, as the culture war burrows on, I've noticed certain things dropping out. And then sometimes they come back into relevancy. And then that's when Gen Z acts like, oh my God, this is brand new. Have you guys ever and seen then a some things, Carol? And then some memes need to stay relevant. Epstein didn't kill himself. Continue. Mm -hmm. I feel like I saw somewhere that they just arrested another one of his associates. And uh, yeah, it just, yeah, that snowball effect to keep it Christmassy <laughs> just keeps winding up and up and up. And I can't wait to see what is uncovered. <laughs> If anything is uncovered. I hate that Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, is polluted by Trump. 
I mean, I, it was like it's a even fucking worse, two second scene. Even worse that Trump is in my favorite movie, Zoolander. He's also in um the Can I just get like a director's recut where they cut that cameo out? He's in the Little Rascals remake. He plays the little rich kid's father. Of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> of course he does. I mean Let me guess, the little rich kid's an asshole, right? Yeah, of course, because they're doing, like, the go-kart race, or the box-kart race, and instead of building his own box-kart, his daddy just buys him one. All right, so what if we take all of the kids from all of the classic Christmas movies and throw them on Lord of the Flies deserted island? Who turns into Ralph? Oh, my God. <laughs> who turns into Ralph, and who speaks to the pig on you the cannot actually. You cannot actually expect me... <laughs> <laughs> really participate in this thought experiment do you like i'm supposed to sit here and think of all the kids that have popped up in all the christmas movies well for starters i'm pretty sure the one that's talking to the rotting pit on pig on a stake is will ferrell and elf <sighs> do we count will ferrell and elf as a kid in a christmas movie does he ever i don't see why not nope nope and on that note break time Keep a couple of dollars up in the wallet to pay the coppers so they can never box me in. Take your J's and tell you to kick it with a foot lock is. So what else is streaming this week, my guy? All right, so Attack on Titan final season actually did start. Oh, it did. Have you been watching it? I have been watching it. It's basically World War II. Damn. Damn. Like anybody that, that was, you know, thinking like, this is kind of Holocausty. Mm. Yeah, um, oh, it's man. it's really Holocausty. Oh, it's gotten like that. It's really Holocausty. Mm. Okay, so I'm gonna have to tune back in, cause the last time I was, the last time I watched was like at the very beginning of season two, and they were still investigating whether or not humans could turn into Titans. That kind of shit. How much spoiler do you want? I, I mean, give it to me, cause the answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Um, and it's, uh, done by chemical means. Yeah, yeah, the injections and all that shit. Yeah, um, so, the Titans aren't actually people from inside the walls. Oh, maybe we should put a spoiler alert in. Spoiler alert here. <laughs> Wee-oo! Um, so, yeah, that island is actually... A prison? The island that the humans are on? Yeah. Oh. Well, it was like they 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 ran away and yeah. then they like isolated themselves. Yeah. Okay. I kind of got. But then some of it. All of the people from the mainland are using it as a prison. So what oh. they're doing is they're taking criminals or um, not exact criminals, but the people that are related to the people that ran away to the island. And they are treating them like shit. You know, they have to wear armbands to let everybody know where they are. Mm. And then whenever they get caught, they get sent to this island and they get turned into a titan. Oh, to torment the rest of the people that ran away. And so they can go with their ancestors or whatever. Mm, but because their ancestors all ran away from the titans instead of helping. Yeah, but you know, they really feel like the need to take all of these people from one race and put yeah. them on boats and... Uh, uh, 
Meanwhile, yes. that same country is using the powers of the Titans, which that race is the only ones who can actually turn into Titans. They captured them and are using them as war machines to conquer other territories. Yeah, so basic, all right, it's it's less Holocaust-y and more inglorious bastards. Mm. Mm -hmm. Kind of, it, it's, okay. it's like Holocaust right. mixed with inglorious bastards. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, like. Now I'm gonna have to tune back in and watch. Did you, was it dubbed or subbed? I'm watching it subbed right now. Okay. okay. But I mean, it's dubbed up through season three. Okay. Um, season two, I definitely got got through season two, and I had more questions than answers. That's what keeps happening. And that's yeah, why like season two, I definitely have more questions than answers. Season three, they start to get answered. Okay. And the, like at the end of season three, you're like, I thought three. I'm pretty damn sure I know what's going on, and I'm pretty damn sure this is all fucked up. I'm, damn, I thought season three was the last season. No, season four is gonna be the last season. Oh, okay. Okay. Huh. But, like, I mean, I'm not telling you any of the, like, yeah. story developments yeah. or how they all find that out. Major key elements and shit. You're just giving me the basic rundown. Of but, it. yeah, like, basically, Titan, like, the world that they live in is, like, their, their island is supposed to be a sanctuary. It got turned into a prison without them even really knowing. Right, because they've been surrounded by the walls. For yeah, years. and then the, the royal family that got there has been rewriting the history books, everybody, mm. for the past hundred years. So everybody uh, forgot that they all, as far as they know, humanity is extinct outside of the walls. Right, right. That's what they all thought in season one and shit like that. Mm. Mm. But that's because they wrote the history books that way. Kind of like North Korea. Is there <laughs> some theming here, everybody? Sounds like North Korea. <laughs> but yeah, that's been pretty great. Um, speaking of North Korea, We've gotten banned, everybody! <laughs> uh, yes. I'm so proud of ourselves. <laughs> Damn. We managed Damn. to get banned in four countries. Now, I think it's probably just because of one of the songs that I sampled. Oh, that may be true. But just the list of, of countries is hilarious. We got banned in North Korea, Syria, Iran, and Cuba. Sorry to... Damn, Cuba. Damn. Hi, Ted. How are you? I'd be surprised if you're listening. You have some bigger things on your plate right now. North Korea, Cuba, and Iran. And Syria. And Syria. I wonder what song it was. I don't know. Yeah. There's no way to know. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that it's it's it's, it's pretty hilarious that those are the four countries that we get banned in. Yeah. It means we're doing something right. Damn. I mean, if that's the metric we're going by. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, we're we're punk rock radio, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. We are, we are like, punk rock radio. Well, punk rock and hip-hop, but they grew up as brothers simultaneously. And Rick Rubin was... I knew what Rick you Rubin were. was the glue of that. I, I get the vibe that you... Yeah. You, it's, it's, you know what's hilarious to me about Rick Rubin? Is, like, he's produced, like... Run DMC and Metallica and all of these pop stars and the Chili Peppers and I can imagine him every single time in the recording session no matter if he's listening to like or just no no shoes on and then they'll come back in and he's just like I really like that that was that was really solid I enjoyed that performance that was very clean that was very clean I don't think no matter who it is Rick Rubin's always gonna be just like that yeah I can see that 
I can tell them. You think so? You think his vibe is chill mode all day? I think he's a he's what I imagine. Like, if you climb into the, if you were like a musician and you wanted to be the best that you could ever be, he's like the type of person you would like climb a mountain to go, and he's like up there forging a sword, like, and he's just like, I've been waiting for you to show up. I've made this for you. Like, I that's the type of person I have added Rick Rubin as. I definitely feel those vibes. I definitely feel those kinds of vibes. Like, he's the guy that you went into the cave and is like, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. By the way, you know what that's from, right? Oh, God, no. What? That's from the, the original Zelda. Like, when you first get uh, your sword, yes. that screen. It's literally just like a great sage in a cave, and he says it's dangerous to go alone, and gives Link a sword. That's right, the old classic Game Boy. And you <laughs> see these deep cuts, man. Yeah, no, Rick Rubin definitely feels like some kind of Hephaestus type but, deity character. Yeah, like music. just up there, like he. If you could recast in the MCU, here's a title shift. Peter Dinklage in the MCU with Rick Rubin. What do we know about Peter Dinklage? Doesn't he play like the harp or something like that? Really? Rick Rubin, no, he's the guy that forged Stormbreaker. No, I'm saying, but Peter Dinklage, what do we know about his musical background? Uh, he drinks and he knows things. He drinks and he knows things. Um, I definitely feel like I saw a clip of him playing like a harp or something somewhere. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I know he, he had a banger on SNL, Space Pants. Peter Dinklage used to be in a punk rock band called Wizzy. I could totally see Peter Dinklage in a punk rock band. Did he sing? It looks like he's yeah, it looks like he's the lead singer. Yes! <laughs> Stand on. tall among them! I'm gonna look up some Wizzy music now because this is a bit of a title shit that I can a, a, get with. a little a little bit of a um related oh, oh my god look at Peter Dinklage Wendy give me the bat Wendy give me the bat oh yeah Rick Rubin could totally be in this band at least produce it. This is from their 1995 demo too. Get get out, get out, get he definitely oh, sounds like a punk singer. Yeah, this doesn't sound. All right, hold on. Yeah, that's enough of that. But that doesn't sound bad. That, that doesn't sound. sound he bad definitely at all. sounded like a punk singer. That did not sound bad at all. But he also sounds like he drinks and he knows things. Yeah. I also could totally okay. see Rick Rubin, like, doing that, and then he would walk off stage and be like, "Yeah, I think that was a really solid performance. What do you? I, I I'm pretty okay with this. <laughs> you guys think we did pretty well out there? I think we did pretty well. The entire like stage would be covered in carpet. <laughs> Yo, alright, well Well, no, I'm sorry, throw rocks Now you know, shout out to Wizzy <laughs> Slight connected one um, In some Hilarious news 
Space Force members, according to Mike Pence, will be called Guardians. Of course. Of course the Space Force members would be called Guardians. Yeah. I was gonna make some kind I of... I mean, are you... There, but... I would really hope we're not aggressively attacking anybody from fucking space. It's... From what I understand, it's really about, like, monitoring, like, the territory above, like, and, like, U.S. infrastructure in space. Like, so... But now you, we know, have to... you know he was talking to the the millennials who run his like his Twitter account, and they're like, "Shit, we need a name by tomorrow." Yo, I'm what just, do we call it? That's what I'm saying. I'm stuck on the fact that now we will have to refer to members of the U.S. Space Force as, as guardians. U.S. guardians of the no, just U.S. Nope, guardians. I'm not, I can't say. I cannot justify saying it. You all know. What we're thinking when he fucking said they're gonna be guardians of the Shut up Galaxy I can edit that out. <laughs> US Guardian Sergeant Star Lord here for your service. Oh great, so he's gonna fuck everything up? <laughs> and that's very fitting too, because I believe he's a part of a church that um is really big into that uh gay conversion therapy which I did hear a lot about also like, something that Mike Pence happens to be so there's one thing that Star Lord and Mike Pence have in common Alex Jones out here like all frogs are gay <laughs> sometimes have you ever looked at a person and wondered what's going on inside their head how often do you look at that you think that when you look at me no I'm just like yeah no this dude how do you spell the letter W with a lot of U's, I guess. D U B B A Y O U W. That sounds like somebody from South Southwest would have fucking spelled yeah. it. <laughs> Spell it like double U. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it is double U. I think it is dubba U. Do you BB? Da bubble. Da baby. Oh man, a duo named Da Bubble and Lil You. So a duo named Da Bubble. So one is Duh and the other one is Bubble. Da Bubble, or it could actually just be W. Da Bubble featuring you? It could be like the way that LP spells LP, where it's like E-L hyphen P. This is definitely going on B-side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What are you talking about? Quality content here. <laughs> oh, I had some other things written down. A couple of them I actually want to, like, do some reading real quick before we actually go into them, because they're, like, you know, relevant. That's fair. Um, I did want to say that, uh, in absurdly expensive cardboard news, to further yeah, support my argument that yes. the U.S. economy needs to be based on shiny cardboard, there was a new record of a Pokemon card sold. It was a, it's a very rare, considered the holy grail of Pokemon cards, and it is, uh, Illustrator Pikachu. The art is actually Pikachu drawing Mew, and the art is done by... 
Atsuko Nishida, who is the person who created the characters Pikachu and Charmander. And it is designed to emphasize the collectible part of the card game and not the competition. And this card was sold for $900,000. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't sold, I'm sorry, I have to correct myself. It was not sold for $900,000. It was traded for $900,000 worth of Charizards. <laughs> Damn. So one And Pikachu I remember card. I think it was like nine Charizards. So I think one, it was legit like 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 damn. ten or twelve cards for this one. I find it even funnier that instead of being traded for money, this card was still traded for other Pokemon cards. <laughs> because traded card games run that. I deep. really hope that they were sitting in the middle like the middle of a blacktop, like crisscross yeah. pretzel sauce. <laughs> yes. That would be extra great. Damn, that's still a whole of a fucking lot of money for one Pikachu. That is almost double the cost of the minimum salary for an NFL player. And how much was the uh, Black Lotus? Uh, the one Black Lotus I remember it being on sale for, and keep in mind, this was years and years ago, was $100,000. But I'm fairly certain that if you give me about 20 or 30 minutes to do a little bit more research on the market, I can find a Black Lotus that has been sold for more than likely higher a number. And if I look for the highest PSA grade sold uh, listing, which probably I could find on eBay, I bet you it's over 100000 And I can let you guys know once we come back from break, which necessarily won't even be now, because we're cutting off the recording. Bye, guys. See you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Okay, to continue on absurdly expensive card news, uh, the newest selling of a Black Lotus uh, that I could find that was newsworthy was September 15th this year, 2020, so within the past three months. And it was sold... Okay, no, this I, I need to tell you exactly what this is. This is a PSA 10 graded alpha signed by the late artist black lotus okay so it is so it is the lotus it is, card it is the first lotus card yeah. in perfect condition it is the lotus card. signed by the now dead artist so it is the lotus card yes it was sold for um for me i consider this a shockingly low amount of two hundred fifty thousand dollars damn I would have thought that that thing would have been over a million. Well, I mean, once again, I still feel like that's money laundering territory. Oh, it absolutely is. Correct. Absolutely is. But, I mean, also when you're buying something that significant, like it, it literally made the news. I'm sure there's documentation of that transaction. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, if you just go around and crack some packs and get on your hustle when trading, you buy stuff that's under, you know, a certain amount that you can pay for in cash. You could start money laundering. Actually, I, I literally just described how money laundering works. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, it's so wild. Today, to you know, hi, Ted. To consider that these cards are selling at such Buying a, high a dry price. cleaner or car wash also works, apparently, according to pop culture. Or a mattress store. Yep another one 
uh, or a casino. <laughs> Shout out to um, Ozark. Shout out to... No, we won't give him any shoutouts. <laughs> Let's just not give any shoutouts to people who are convicted of federal crimes. Let's, uh, that's probably the best thing for us to do. <laughs> I was talking about Trump. I mean, who knows? Soon, maybe. We'll see. Lock him up. Lock him up. Let's hide. Alright, some other interesting uh, things that I saw. So, Kyrie Irving, the point guard for the New Jersey Nets, yes. is known for being a little eccentric. I mean, it's a nice way to put it, right? Didn't he? Come I mean, out? we're not we're not gonna cover the part where he was it on IG Live with KD and he was like, "I was you in an, in another life," like flat earther shit. Wasn't he a flat earther? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like that wasn't even the craziest part. He was talking about doing eight or nine post up a game, and I'm just like, "That's crazier yeah. than yeah. you saying you were uh, Kevin Durant uh, in a previous uh, life." Shots fired. <laughs> shots fired. And Pretty Kevin Durant, Durant, when he heard this, he was just like, "All right, we'll see." Yeah, we'll see. Literally what KD said. All right, we'll wow. see. Wow. I love KD. He's so yeah. fucking real. His podcast, I don't, I don't really dig his podcast, though, because he has some, like, his is really guest-reliant. Yeah. Um, shout out to us. Going strong with a few guests. You know, shout out to Jim. Shout out to Banky. Shout out to Francois. Shout Lil out B. to Cool Zach. Lil B. Shout out to Vinny. It's your fiance. <laughs> shout out to Mad Ash. Uh, Ashley MD! Anyway, so Kyrie of um, strange fame. Man, the guy is a good finisher in the rim, though. He shouldn't post up that much. Anyway, another yeah, time. Let it roll. So, he was seen walking around the Celtics court burning sage before the game. See, you sent me this, and I'm not necessarily mad at it. I'm not <laughs> mad right? at it either. I'm just saying that this is like Kyrie, it's a weird dude. It's not weird. Let's normalize, you know, caring about your spiritual energy and those the, the people that. Have you ever really? You. Have I really shown you the in-depth stuff of those Kyries that I own? Like it's got the Illuminati third eye and shit on it. Does it? I mean, <laughs> nigga, sound a little. I mean, aside from the flat Earth shit, like it, it sounds like he might be on some other time. So. <laughs> Definitely on a different earthly plane, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Saging down the court. Is that a first? Is that the first? I That's feel the like... first time I've seen him do it. But I mean, you know, the, the NBA is also not testing for weed this year, so hey. I'm just saying. Smoke weed every day. The good times I'm, roll I'm, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Let the good times roll. Then. I mean, the he NBA said. So I wrote down this like quote that he said is, uh, "It's more or less for a way for us to stay connected and for us to feel great to work and feeling safe and provided for for our, our ancestors." See, he's just protecting his spiritual energy. Yeah, I mean, there like there's nothing the wrong. I'm just like, you know, yes. this is Kyrie is a unique dude. It's a different time. Well, I he's mean, a different cat. People are learning to approach spirituality in different ways now. You know, people are moving away from But this is him, like, really, like, like, really embracing it, and pop culture just kind of not being mad about it, but, you know, we're looking at it like the gift from Friday with Ice Cube, and we're just, like, staring at the camera, we're like, uh, what? I see, I feel like that's the side of pop culture that ain't in tune, because it was the same thing when Beyonce came out there repping her Oshun energy, you know what I mean? And she was... Um, it's just a whole different world out there. This is a uh, classic Native American uh, tradition. 
I can't remember the name of his um, tribe. He, I think he might actually be a member of Sioux Nation, but it's called Smudging. Yeah. Yep. No, I've got smudging sticks all around the house. Like that's why I said it's not. A, it's really not that weird. Like I could. I'm not even gonna break it down for y'all. It's right a, now. It's that's a weird a smell, but it's not a bad smell. You've smelled it in this house before. I guarantee yeah. you. If you, <laughs> if I burn that sage stick right now. But yes, it is a traditionally white sage is traditionally a Native American smudging tool. You can smudge with all kinds of different appropriated shit by people who worship crystals. <laughs> Well, I mean that whole like this the, the the when you get into crystal land, that's where I'm like, okay. I mean, it's all a matter of perspective, right? One, two, it is an extremely like you said appropriated like tradition and, and teaching. Like, you could even go on a little bit of a crystal defense thing, and I'm I wouldn't even care. You want to know why? Because I look around here, I don't see a single fucking shiny rock. That's because you're not looking in the right places. <laughs> At least they're not on like display. They're also expensive as shit, bro. Like, because they're shiny fucking <laughs> rocks. Well, because they're like, if you look into the kind of shit that people, you, have we to we do, melt other shiny rocks in the circle and then put another shiny rock on top look, to show our affection to people. That, that I'm wearing. Two Just think about that. People are wearing melted metal at steaming hot temperatures and then metallurge into shapes. I'm wearing human fucking ingenuity. One particle of unitanium has a nuclear reaction with a flux capacitor. Carry the two, changing its atomic isotoner into a radioactive spider. Fuck you, science! <laughs> That's why I said it's all a matter of perspective, They go to Rick right? Rubin, who's up in his cave forming a, you know, forging a weapon. All I'm saying is... I hear you're about to get married. The only that's, that's, like, really cool. I, I respect that a lot. All I made I'm these rings for you. Is the only difference between the CEO meditating in the morning and Kyrie Irving smudging the court. His camera? Is the suit and tie. His camera, too. <laughs> Don't let this Basketball Western players society always have a camera and they are aware of that. Don't let this Western society... Exactly, and that's why he was smudging the court, because he knows eyes are all on him, and sometimes people's energy, I don't know, I told Him and KD are on this, like, super anti-media thing, mm -hmm. which is why they're doing stuff like the IG Live, because they're just like, you guys take everything out of context. Now, granted, we kind of are every time we talk about it, because, you know, they were on IG Live for, like, 45 minutes, and we are already talking, like... They're like, seeking a way to control the narrative, right? They no longer want and these the, like, big the, news media corporations controlling the narrative so that when they say something that sounds a bit controversial, it gets taken and made into a That's why a we're not button. demonizing them. Like, if you're interested in this topic, I'm sure you can find the IG Live on YouTube. Watch it. It is really interesting. Kyrie and KD are great talk. Like, whatever keeps... See, me, personally, I feel but, like whatever keeps your mind at peace is what keeps your mind at peace. So if... Smudging it's kind of the court the whole, helps and it's not hurting anybody, then let people worship their I'm, crystals. I'm going beyond the smudging thing here. If the whole, it's a catch-22, though, where if they're like, screw the media, they take everything out of context. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, for us to even get people to look at the things that are in context, we have to take things out of context. I get where you're coming so from, it, but it's, it's, a, case, it's a hard balance act. As far but like as like I said, that's why they are moving towards a platform that allows them to control the narrative. Instead of letting, you know, CBS and Fox News anchors and stuff come in and 
record sound bites, they are themselves going out there and interacting with the fans and answering the questions that the fans have versus what, you know, that sports journalist feels like is relevant. Well, the thing is, is with sports journalism, especially in, in basketball sports journalism, is like... Journalists for, like, news, they're, like, investigative and everything. Like, sports journalists are more just, like, poke, like poking at the embers of a fire. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you going to do next time? How did you fail this time? How are you going to improve it? What did you work on that you think Giannis really Antetokounmpo, for starters, we know Giannis is good when everybody learns to fucking pronounce his last name. Right. <laughs> well, Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. signed his Supermax extension where he didn't have to sign it this year, but he saved us a year's worth of media coverage going, Giannis, where are you going to sign? Giannis, where are you going to sign? Giannis, exactly. where are you going to sign? They get tired, and here's the... Here's a big thing. They uh, because the a lot NBA, of them the want to talk is an about athletic soap opera. Exactly, and a lot of them don't want to participate in that right now. They have real issues that they want to talk about and that they want to bring attention to, and they don't want to be told to shut up and dribble anymore. And they're tired of getting fined for speaking out of terms in ways that I mean. I feel like a lot of this stems from that whole China fiasco, right? When, like, the NBA was going over and playing in China and LeBron made those statements that he then later recanted because... Well, the thing is, it wasn't even started by LeBron. It's just anytime something goes to an NBA as a whole issue, they go to LeBron because LeBron is the face. Right, right, yeah. But LeBron didn't even start it. It was the Rockets GM who tweeted out something. That's right, yeah. And, yeah, and the whole of the NBA had to suffer because of it. Right. So now the players are looking at it as, are we going to be punished for speaking about the things we want to speak about, even if it's outside of, like, work? Yeah, like, people... One of the things that I, like, got furious at on Twitter was people were demonizing LeBron. They're just like, why doesn't he say anything about Hong Kong? You know, like, he's clearly not for civil... Like, for human rights and everything. I'm like, like, LeBron has all... I am sure LeBron is busy every minute of every single day. And I guarantee you a lot of it is with making his school run. That's helping, well, yeah, you know, all that disadvantage shit is, you. Like, maybe he literally doesn't have time to help everybody. All that shit is just a counterpunch to his stance on, like, Kaepernick and Black Lives Matter. And it's like, oh, well, if you care about this thing, then how come you're not devoting any attention to this? Or how come you're participating in this atrocity? And it's like the whole, you can't care about Black Lives Matter and have an iPhone conversation, right? Like, how can you say you're worried about this thing when you're also participating in this atrocity? It's, all right, I'm going to take a connection to uh, the part of that Killer Mike interview that I dropped a couple of weeks ago, where he's just like, it's crazy towards some deity that doesn't look like you, right? Yeah. Well, if you're in LeBron's shoes, wouldn't it be crazy to not help people who look like you? I, it's... Like, if wouldn't that be the first thing that's on your mind? Is, like, the people that, like, you grew people, up with and everything, like, are yeah, they suffering? Can I help right, them? Right, Yeah, you help home first, right? Like, charity starts in the home. You can't help anybody until you help yourself. And it's like... It, maybe he just, at that point, realized how deep the problem is and just doesn't have time to handle Hong Kong right, on top of trying yes. to, you know, uplift the black community from systemic oppression. Exactly. That's a huge task to take on, especially if you are just focusing on your local 
community efforts, right? Like, it's, And he's doing a lot. LeBron has done a lot. Yeah, and to ask somebody or to try and chastise somebody for not speaking out on everything, and it's not even like LeBron objectively denied what the CCP is doing. They just, he just kind of was like, look, guys, one thing at a time, right? <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, you guys can't expect us to, we can't do everything. Yeah, and people, I like, and there's definitely an argument to be made on whether it was even ethnic, ethically, not ethnically, <laughs> ethically, a good decision to go and play ball in China, considering like the atrocities. Well, no, the thing is, is they were already in China. Right. When, I mean, we already retweeted that. Yeah, and we've. We've had this... The Lakers specifically were in China. The NBA has had this relationship with China for a long time. Yeah, I mean, the China China's the second biggest sports mar- or basketball market, market on the planet right. outside of America. Right, so... To... Stefan Marbury's god. That's the problem with social media, though, right? Is it's like issues that have been going on for a long time with this new social media generation all seem like fresh and relevant so when they find out about it the outrage is fresh and relevant right and they're like well how can the nba even be doing business with china when hong kong is going on and it's like well we were doing business with china way before hong kong became a and situation it was and more than just the nba and these things are a delicate balance right you can't just uproot everything and expect the system to still... Uh, We're ex- holding yeah, the NBA yeah, yeah. to a standard that we should be holding politicians. Exactly. And expecting change from NBA players, we should be expecting from politicians. There you go. That's what I was yeah, getting at. LeBron doesn't have a vote in Congress. We're focusing our outrage at the wrong proponents here. Very much so. Instead of harping on the NBA and LeBron to make a stand on Hong Kong, we should be targeting all of that towards the CCP and demanding that and reminding them that part of the reason they are allowed or part of the reason that they have this position with the NBA is part of the reason why Hong Kong is so special and to keep the market free and open would be more beneficial for China in the long run than trying to crack down on it like they are and how that could potentially harm their business with the NBA. Me mentioning LeBron not having a vote in Senate and then you saying all of that literally gave me the perfect transition. Slide into it. You love a good conspiracy theory? Uh Uh-oh. You know I love a good conspiracy theory. How does Mitch McConnell have an 18% approval rating and win with 58% of the vote? What, he's the senator for Kentucky, right? Yep. Uh, so this was a article that was given... This is an article that was given to me uh, by Great Sage Gavin from dcreport.com. Now, this is uh, very numbers-reliant. Okay. And do we know how verified DC Report is? Um, I, I, I will you say verified me. enough that Gavin sent it. Okay. Okay. So you're Gavin saying, wouldn't send me bullshit. Yeah, not Facebook. Like, this isn't a dot .tv type site. This is a five-page article. Mm-hmm. Well, before we run into that... Conspiracy theories! Yes. So, Mitch McConnell, 
Kentucky. Do we know anything about like his actual like policy runs in Kentucky? It he seems like... was probably running as Darth Vader. <laughs> well, yes, he has been running as the Grim Reaper of democracy. By the way, but that was another thing. Like... Uh, did you do you watch Mandalorian? I do, but I haven't. All right, you need to catch up on because the season finale happened, and yeah. it is super hype. Okay. And it's the best thing I've seen in Star Wars in yeah, a very long time. That's what I'm hearing, though. I'm seeing all of, across the internet, everybody is raving about this shit. So, yeah, I need to Next episode, out. we'll have some Mandalorian coverage for yes, you all. Yes, and it won't be like Three weeks late. coverage. <laughs> but that's how you gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta sit and digest things. I've actually been doing that with a couple of, like, a couple of stories I've been sitting on for the past couple of weeks, making sure I have all the information. One of them I might be able to tackle today. We will see. But let's run into this conspiracy. So what's your conspiracy? Why do you think Mitch is doing so well if it's not based on his so, policy? Well, um, how did he win? A parade of cars filled with Kentucky Teamster representatives and labor groups showed up furious at his constant denial of COVID checks in his own state. They drove to his house saying, Mitch better have my money. Hey, uh, uh, Mitch better have, have my money. money. Don't you worry. Hey. He clawed his uh, approval rating to 39 percent. 39 on the eve of the election. That's a pretty high approval rate. He doesn't hold town halls ever since a video of a constituent going in on him went viral. Mm. Uh, it's higher than what I assumed Mitch McConnell's approval rating would be. Let me let me say that. One out of five voters appeared to have filled out their ballots with votes for both female Democrat. Amy McGrath and the Republican pussy grabber Donald Trump. Now this this is a little weird, right? Yeah, right. Like how do you vote for the Democrat senator but the Republican president? I'm uh, by the way reading quotes from this article so everybody is clear. Uh, in an incompetent post-election lawsuit, the Trump team may have intended to accuse Democrats of election fraud, but in describing a possible plot, they attributed to the cheating to Trump himself. So Trump's legal team referred to a machine-controlled algorithm deliberately run by a vote machine vendor, Dominion Voter Systems. Yes, yeah, the Dominion scandal that's been blared. Generally, that took more than 2.5 of the votes from Biden and flipped them to Trump. How many? 2.5% of the Biden oh, votes so they and flipped them to Trump. They, so, but only 2.5% is but what they think. the whole machine scandal, they're arguing that it was fraudulent because it helped Trump. Because it's... Oh, wait. So what essentially is their argument? That's not the point. Okay. So, okay. while it may have inadvertently revealed benefiting Trump, right, right. a deliberate vendor-installed machine-controlled algorithm automatically taking a percentage of Biden's votes and giving them to Trump certainly are outlining how fraud could be executed. Yes. That's, I mean, his whole coup attempt his soft coup attempt is essentially just doing that right demonstrating how one could potentially without military power usurp a democratic election well in kentucky when looking at counties where the numbers leap out on, beh on behalf of mitch mcconnell no dominion machines were used most of the machines were election systems and software aka es and s a dominion competitor if you swap ESAS and Dominion in the alleged vote flip scheme, you may arrive at an alternative explanation of why Amy McGrath's work numbers weren't lining up. Hmm. 
schemers might have to miscount votes by different margins in the presidential and Senate races. Flipping more votes from Biden to Trump than McGrath votes to McConnell would explain her approximate, uh, getting approximately 20% more of the Democratic presidential candidate. 20% more votes than the Democratic presidential candidate. Wait, so... Say that again? So basically, they're mixing the numbers up yeah. to where get, Trump was getting more votes than the Democratic, or he, Biden was getting less Democratic votes than Amy McGrath for senator. Right, so what they're saying essentially is this doesn't make sense that Biden would get as many votes as he did and Amy would, bring, or would get as few many votes as she did. Yeah. Right. I think so, significantly, Trump only pointed at Dominion voting machines and implored courts to look into unabated vote flipping premise, but only in states that he lost. Right. McConnell had his biggest percentage of registered Democrats voting Republicans in counties using ES&S machines. He wasn't the only one. Lindsey Graham won by a comfortable 10-point lead tabulated on ESNS machines throughout the state. Mm. In Susan Collins, where she never had a lead after July 2nd, almost every ballot was fed through ESNS machines. Kentucky, South Carolina, Maine, Texas, Iowa, and Florida are all states that use ESNS machines. Mm. Maybe mm. the polls weren't. Maybe we should look at ESNS machines instead. Maybe we should be looking at the Republican vote totals. So essentially, if I'm hearing correctly, outside of gerrymandering, what this article is suggesting... All the lawsuits sound like straw men. And that we should actually be looking at the states where Republicans won because they're not matching the numbers. At all. Like, it, it by an incredible, ridiculous margin. Hmm. Like, winning, winning with 58% of the vote is a blowout. Right, right. In a state where the Democratic numbers would have suggested the counter argument. Yeah, and one of the craziest things about this is... One of the craziest things about this is in 2017, Judicial Watch, a right-wing, nonpartisan foundation promoting transparency, right, sued Kentucky over its dirty vote rules and its failure to ma maintain accurate voter registrations. The suit argued that in 48 of the 100 Kentucky counties had more registered voters than citizens over the age of 18 that were legally allowed to vote. Mm. Mm. Sounds like dead people voting. And it alleged that Kentucky was one of only three states with a statewide active registration rate greater than 100% of the age of uh, eligible citizen population. Do we know what the other two states were? I don't. I'm going to guess yeah. Florida's one of them. Mm. Mm. That's just because Florida is fucked. Well, Florida is also probably home to a lot of dead voters. I mean, considering it's retirement, like retirement county. But, yes. So, McConnell has been under scrutiny in his own state is there regarding a, voter registration. Is there an official investigation underway into all of this? Or? Well, that was in 2017, so I, don't, I, I did not follow up specifically on that. Okay. When was this article? When did this article? Saturday, December... It was printed yesterday. Saturday, December 19th, 2020. So, with all of their attempt to overturn the election, 
in keeping check with the Trump presidency, as it has been this entire four years, they are simply exposing the underhandedness of their tactics. Yeah, and then trying to deflect it by holding a mirror to it. But that's my point. Like, by saying they're projecting, as they have been for the last 12 years. What they're not trying long, to do is... Accusing every accusing the Democrats of everything that they are trying to it's do. It's not the guy that makes the joke. It's the guy that laughs that gets in trouble. It's just wild, Joe, because at every turn, they are continuing, like you said, to hold a mirror up to themselves. It's almost like even when they say things like wearing a mask is just the Democrats trying to, like, get us conditioned to Sharia law and stuff like that. And it's like... Is it Sharia or is it Sharia? I don't... Are you really gonna <laughs> correct my pronunciation right now? Hey, look, all I know is that I want it's to It's probably Sharia, but... Yeah. Continue. But listening to the Fox News That'd talking dope heads, name. Sharia... Uh, listen, it probably is a name, right? And that's where it comes from. We just don't have any cultural... Rel- or, like... Ooh, any cultural references for the shit. But... I mean, Jalen Rose swears that he is the source of the name Jalen. And all Jalens are can be traced back to him. Which further goes to our Jalen Rose is the Watcher argument. <laughs> or at least on a little bit of a Kanye trip. <laughs> yeah, no, because he's like, my mom literally made the name up. I... It's hers and her dad's name combined. Or hers and his dad's name combined. Yeah, but then we'd have to do the work and see, like, if there are any Jalen's on the U.S. registry before him and all that. No, I'm not. We're not doing that. No. Lighthouse, we're not giving you that work either. No, but, like. You'd end up in the fucking movie Hitch. This is. That's a cut. (laughs) I'm still stuck on this Mitch McConnell thing because it's pretty interesting considering, like I said, they've been showing their hand, the GOP has been showing their hand this entire time, right? They've been, like, soft introducing us to fascism and comparing it to other forms of fascism going, yeah, but this is American, though. (laughs) Like, the rest of this stuff, it's bad because it's not American. So, here's another interesting one. In uh, Breathitt County, 9,508 registered Democrats and just 1,600 registered Republicans. With a history of close contests, Amy McGrath only got 100 or 1,652 votes versus 3,800 for Mitch McConnell. How is that possible when there's only 1,600 registered Democrats in the area? Well, if uh, if I mean, I guess it's McGrath's possible. votes, if accurate, equal only 17% of registered Democrats. Right, so that would suggest that the remaining amount of registered Democrats voted for Mitch McConnell. Or they voted on ESAS machines. Or they've... I'm saying if we're not taking the conspiracy into context here. Mm, So there may have been some actual vote flipping going on here. Mm -hmm. This is is something that I was sent by, like I said, I was sent by my friend Great Sage Gavin. And if he sends me something, it's going to have some form of legitimacy to it. And... It's just... He doesn't clickbait share. It's... Once again, it's funny because... Unintentionally, intentionally, they are exposing themselves. By drawing attention to voter fraud, they are drawing attention to the voter fraud they're committing. It is this wild, backhanded 
Yeah, I. it's like people suggesting that Donald Trump is the way he is because he's draining the swamp. And yet, really, what he's doing is fracking. Ugh. Ugh. Wow. That was a head turn effort <laughs> for you. Deep cut. Anyway, I have something that's a little bit more ridiculous, and by a little bit, I mean a lot. Oh, God. As if that wasn't ridiculous enough. So I was thinking about something, about um, whether or not I respect somebody's taste in music, and I call it <laughs> I call it the Foo Fighter metric. The metric by yeah. which you so determine... if somebody says that their favorite band is the Foo Fighters, I'm going to be like, really? The Foo Fighters? But if you tell me you don't like the Foo Fighters, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Hmm. I need you to at least like, like the Foo, the Foo Fighters, Fighters, but if you like them too much, I'm but like, if you're obsessed with them, I'm like, like, really? What else do you listen to? Dave Matthews, like. Uh, uh, so, what's another in another genre? What's a metric? I guess that's comparable. Not Eminem. I will say I don't think it's Eminem. No. Gucci, maybe? Two Chains. I feel like, yeah, that's in the same realm. It's like, if you like Two Chains, I'm like, okay, well, then you at least, you kind of get it. But if you love Two Chains, you're like, really? What else and then you... if you say you don't like Two Chains, and you're just like, all right, so this knocks all of these songs off that are bangers. Yeah. That knocks, like, the whole southern realm of like hip-hop off if you don't like two chains you probably don't like migos if you don't like migos then you probably don't like future if you don't like future then you probably don't like lil wayne and if you don't like lil wayne then yeah i can keep mine doesn't even go that deep if you don't like the foo fighters and you don't like nirvana i'm done <laughs> that's fair I'm so done. there's so there's nobody else they couldn't be like i don't like the foo fighters but i like red hot chili peppers you see, I love the Chili Peppers, and the Chili Peppers are one of my favorite bands. But they're not my favorite band. Right. But like, I'm... like, the Foo Fighter metric is like, if you have that like middle ground, the Chili Peppers, I'll, ex I'll accept the Chili Peppers being your favorite band, but if you don't like the Chili Peppers, I'm done with you. So what if somebody goes, I don't like the Foo Fighters, but I like Matchbox 20? I'm done with you. <laughs> like, I like some Matchbox 20 songs. If somebody says that their favorite band is Matchbox 20, I'm literally just turning around and walking away. <laughs> what happens if you in a club talking to, and I mean, I'm talking like banger, like you're 10 out of 10, right? You're 10 out of 10, and I mean, she is smoking tonight. She's been saying all the right things. She's been pushing all the right buttons, but y'all get talking about music, and she says her favorite band is Chumbawamba. <laughs> Chumbawamba. <laughs> All right, so here's... <laughs> this is actually a really unique <laughs> case. You want to know why? So for starters, Chumbawamba, if you remember, when we had an off... A, a not a fucked up recording of an interview with Perv. Do you know that? That the song Tub Thumping yeah. was written to the book, The oh. Formula, by KMFDM. Or not KMFDM. The oh, KMF, I forgot all about that. And they were like, this is how to make a number one hit single. Yeah. So I'm thinking if this person's telling me that Chumbawamba is their favorite band, I'm thinking that they're actually like some fucking music savant. No. <laughs> so you're going to... Because, because Perv also told me, he's like, they actually make some fucking great music. And it sounds nothing like that. And I'm like, 
I'm like, holy shit. This person tells me that their favorite band is Chumbawamba. I, they might be on some next level shit. <laughs> so you're taking the letter in this, this thought experiment here and you're assuming that this person is on some like 5D chess, big brain shit and, she, and now she's really got your number. However, if she tells me her favorite band is Coldplay, that's mm. a different story. <laughs> I was gonna say Smashing Pumpkins, but... Oh, I'm buying a ring. <laughs> I mean, I like, Are you oh, kidding I'm me? Smashing Pumpkins wrote my favorite song, man. And not like, That's and not like in the, the regards of people are like, yeah, this is my favorite song. Like this song has been my favorite song for like 11 years. What if she says her favorite band is Smash Mouth? I'd ask her what year it is. <laughs> What year is it? <laughs> oh man, definitely the red on that one. Good guy. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like that's fair. Um, what would be okay? So what would be your? I guess those are the only two genres of music that matter, right? <laughs> Hip hop and rock. I mean, you can go like metal. Um, it's still rock. This one, all right, Led Zeppelin. If you don't like Led Zeppelin, fuck off. Like they Damn. fall into like, they, they're the point where it's like that bar. So what if they don't like Led Zeppelin, but they like the who? I don't see anybody who likes one without the other. <laughs> you don't think it's possible? I don't. You don't think it's possible to like Tupac, but not like Biggie? Well, that's, that's a, that's a, there's more to that. <laughs> There's more to that. They are two very, I'm not going to say very different styles, but they are two pretty contrasting. But I mean, also the East-West shit. Yeah. Where it was like, where you like one, like you had to not like the other. Or I guess the comparison. Who shot you? I guess it would be, at that point in time, we're talking American rock versus English rock, right? Yeah, I mean, like you can't listen to Hit Em Up and not pick a side. (laughs) That's fair. Well, all right, the least the first minute story so, of hit it up. Hit so they don't like Led Zeppelin, but they like the. You can do that whole verse off the top of your head without even thinking about it, right? Of hit him up. Yeah. Fuck your bitch in the click, click you claim. claim West Side when we ride, coming quick with game. You claim to be a player, but, but I, I fucked your wife. Damn. No, all right, we're I, done. Yeah. Nope. I could. I could probably keep it going, but I'm not. If we had the beat going. That's a different Yeah, it might be a little bit easier to remember once you throw that melody in there. Memory association. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I I guess that's a fair metric. I don't know, listeners, let us know what your metric is for determining whether somebody has the same taste of music. I don't know if I want our listeners' opinion after they got that fucking monologue wrong. You're just mad because not everybody agrees with you all the time. Look, you all are entitled to your wrong opinions. It's fine. Sometimes you just own the wrong side of history, man. That happens. As long as you're not, (laughs) as long as you're not like supporting genocide and shit. Oh man, that fucking Twitter argument I had with that guy who was like, "You can have a good villain that doesn't infringe on human rights," and I'm like, "Then what the fuck is a villain?" Right. Hold on. Wait. Uh, I mean, they were arguing with me about like the problematic nature of Magic's old like story, and like yeah, yeah, like all right. So there, there was a card that we actually looked up that we that got banned for prejudicial reasons. Right. And I was like, I mean, the name and the art's really bad already. But then I read the effect and I was like, wow, even the effect is racist. Damn, damn. All right, so this one you're gonna understand. This is the art of the card and it's called Invoke Prejudice. Oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> These are a bunch of black ghosts holding 
Executioner axes. Dressed in like clansman robes. But they're black, it's fine. If an opponent casts a summon spell that does not match the color of one of the creatures under your control, that spell is countered unless the caster pays an additional X where X is the cost uh, where X is the casting cost of the summoning spell. The card is told like everything about this card is racist, racist as fuck. Yeah. Like I read I reread it. The I was power like, of racism! I read it. And yeah, and you know what the worst part is? You've activated my trap card! Like the card is literally banned in everything, and they've even taken the image off of their search database. Like you cannot find the card on Magic yeah. Search database. But What's that? The worst, the worst part about it is the card is really fucking powerful. What's that one magic card that's like you know based off of the clan? I mean, they banned a bunch of things. Like they what had a card called again. Oh, the pre invoke prejudice. prejudice. Invoke, invoke prejudice. Like literally, let's make this game racist, everybody. <laughs> you know what would spice things up? Call me David Duke. Some racism. I mean, they had a lot of other really problematic cards. Like, they had one called Jihad, where it was a bunch of people throwing stones. Oh, God. Oh, God. But, like, the same thing. Like, they almost went too far, because one of their earliest expansion sets was called Arabian Nights, and it was based off of, like, Saudi Arabian lore right. and everything. A yeah. lot of those had gotten banned because, you know, blatantly problematic. But then a lot of the other ones had gotten banned, despite the fact that they were, like, accurate, and a lot of the people from, you know... Middle Eastern descent who are players of the game and were like, no, we actually really like that. Yeah, it's kind of like when uh, overcorrecting. Yeah, it's like when Looney Tunes uh, tried to get cancel Speedy Gonzalez because they felt like it was a Mexican stereotype, and Mexicans were like, no, actually, hold on, no, we're fine. We love with Speedy. This. Speedy's great. Like, yeah. Speedy, Speedy's a badass. Right. No, it's like representation. They were like, yes, it's a little bit of a stereotype, but they were like, it's still. But he's like, still awesome. Yeah, it's still like authentically like kind of Mexican a little bit. Like, yes, the lazy Mexican trope is kind of fucked up, but he's. He's still, not lazy. He's fast as fuck. He's still Speedy. Well, no, Speedy is kind of lazy. <laughs> like. Like, he'd just be trying to chill until it's time for him to get the fuck loose, and then he's gone. Like, that's why it was like, oh, okay, this is kind of problematic. But they were like, no, 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 that's, that's fine. But, like, some of the other shit, yeah, could go. I, I mean... It's not like... I just can't believe it. Like, I thought... I just knew, like, yeah, the art and the name was racist. Then I reread the effect. of like, this is... This... Yeah, it how, how did this get anywhere? Like, was it... It literally must have just been like a white pipe stream. Like, just right up. And Nobody it, catching this. It's one of those things where, like, you wonder why more people of color don't play Magic. And then you see cards like that, and you're like, oh. The number's okay. definitely going up, and a lot of people yeah. are calling the shit out. No, but, yeah, the inclusivity is definitely there, especially now that capitalism is trending. It is also, it, it's, it is getting crusades-y, though. With the level of stuff that they're going after, like Watsi with, like they well, had, like they had somebody, they were going after somebody who wrote the lore of a character, because like ten years prior, he wrote a novel showing how fucked up a character was because of like his relationship with an underage girl. Uh, it's the Lolita problem. But, the whole point was writing him to be fucked up. That's the Lolita problem, right? Like, I'm listening to a podcast now about the book, and it's talking about the cultural relevance of the story in a sense of how the original meaning 
was totally misconstrued. Like, today, most people, when they hear Lolita, they look at it as the story of a younger girl seducing an older man. Whereas the original intention of the book was kind of like a true crime novel about an older man who kidnaps a young girl and rapes her across the country. And today we kind of romanticize the idea of the tale because of the way it's been retold through the movies and stuff. Did you see the uh, the show on Hulu called like The Teacher or something right now? Oh yeah, a Where teacher. it's basically the flip of the teenage dream of the hot teacher and they were just like yeah. no this is actually really fucking this kid up yeah no and it's based off of several different the one um i feel like it was in colorado where the young boy and the teacher were caught and she was fired and then he went back to her when he turned 18 and that kind of shit and it's like yeah no th- those kinds of relationships are not we do this weird thing where yeah we find romance in them i think because we have a hard time grappling with the psychological abuse of children. It's the whole reason why, you know, QAnon is a thing and the satanic panic became as big of a thing as it was because the one thing that's almost unanimously worse than racism is child abuse, right? Yeah, no, I've... I've... Even criminals have kids. Yeah, it. everybody is somebody's child. Everybody is somebody's child, son, and it, you're you're a parent. There's no love like no anything like it without which I don't know because I don't have a kid. But. It's wholly unconditional, yo, and that's why when we hear about such horrid things happening to children, we try to find a way to cleanse our palate. You know what I mean? And essentially here in the reverse when we're talking about like the teacher we're all, in, the, in the sick imagination of American culture I guess it maybe just toxic masculine culture it's I like, feel like when it's looked at as like a um a goal conquered like yeah he banged his teacher like and it's like no that's I I, I heard this saying like uh, women the morning after wearing his shirt think it's a power play where men see it as a flag on a conquered castle yeah you know notch in the belt versus being a hole in the belt there's a metaphor in there somewhere (laughs) anyway on this week's who the fuck asked for this it's me the guy who asked hey who is this what is this why would you do that? Why would you do any of that? But why? Who is this? Are you serious? Why, Netflix? Why? Oh. Why are you making a live-action Yu Yu Hakusho? I beg you. I beg of you. I beg you. Beg I you. This one please, either. please don't do it. Please don't do it, unless literally you're having Tagashi do everything. And I know he can't, because he's sick and frail, and I don't want him doing Yu Yu Hakusho. Finish Hunter x Hunter. Why are you doing this to me? See, this one, I feel like, is, yeah, it's going to be all about the cast and crew, because... Literally, who asked for this? It's, yo, it can be done, especially when you look at, like, what Netflix has done with... Stranger Things and the Sabrina remake. Or what they did with Death Note. Yeah. Or, like, what they did with the 
Marvel shows, right? Like, if they take that kind of approach to it, I feel I like... I was being facetious. I know. I, that's my point, and I'm trying to bring counter-arguments to this. Hold on. I'm even less thrilled because, like, the Avatar remake, live action, was going to have the original showrunners on it, and then they chose to leave? Yeah, because... Prob hmm, yeah. I mean, there seems to always be a bit of internal struggle with these Netflix adaptations, right? I gotta go pee. Anyway, post-bathroom break, I'm still really mad about Yu Yu Hakusho live action. Yeah, no, so, okay, back into this discussion. I feel like Yu Yu Hakusho is the one anime, or is one of the animes... One of. ...that could successfully be adapted into a live action remake. Okay, now I'm this is I thought you were going to say one of the ones that shouldn't be. No. Never mind. Continue. I feel, yes, I do feel like because I mean, essentially, the first half of the show takes well, we've place had this, in real we've had life. We had this discussion a long time spiritual ago elements. where a lot of anime movies should be made in Hollywood. Just because the budget you need the budget. Yeah, and we've seen things like that play out i mean yeah i don't think yu yu hakusho is any different than like stranger things right? i think so what i'm thinking like this one is apparently in development but this one i can totally see being really good but cowboy bebop getting a live action remake yeah because it's like star trek we've done things like you can think of that's other believable shows. you can like, think when you're of not... other shows in the realm of that it's so hard to in hollywood show exactly how absurdly fucking powerful some of these people get. In the, well, yeah, that's what happens when you translate things from animation into real life. You do lose a bit. Look at The Lion King, right? Where they totally fucked that up because they made it look too realistic and they can never achieve the balance, right? Like, if they had gone with a more animated realism look like they did in the Sonic movie for what they did. If we'd have bullied them into doing what they did to Sonic... Sonic to the, looks great. ...to the Lion King movie, Lion King would have been better. Nobody wants to sit and watch a bunch of real lions, like, dying and shit. <laughs> if I wanted that, then watch I could stay Tiger home King. and watch Animal Planet. <laughs> or any BBC document. I can't believe we fucking... Babe Ruth called shot the Nicolas Cage Tiger King thing. We specifically said Nicolas Cage Tiger King too. Yeah, I mean, cause it was just, it, the energy is the same. But what I'm saying here with Disney specifically in this live action remake thing, Disney made a BBC nature and turned Lion King into a BBC nature documentary. Like a musical <laughs> BBC nature documentary. Netflix turned Death Note into like some weird crime thriller with their like offbeat CGI animation. It's like they can't find a balance. And if you're going to do a Yu Yu Hakusho show, <laughs> show show, <laughs> live action show show, then they need to approach it, I feel like, with less of the Death Note Avatar like goofy live action remake thing and go the way of a Stranger Things or like um like, uh, a Nolan Batman yeah 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 like you don't have to like I don't want them to rely too heavy on the CGI with this you get what I'm saying yeah like do I don't want 
I, I hope they don't take this live action remake in the first season into the Dark Tournament. The Dark Tournament no. is where I would get no. really, really oh, nervous. God. That's my point. Yeah, see, the more, like, I don't trust the live action adaptations, like, monster creation. It's terrible. They like, would absolutely have to make the first four episodes of Yu Yu Hakusho more entertaining. Those first four episodes of Yu Yu Hakusho are kind of rough. Where he's dead. I don't feel that way. I feel like that's a great introduction to the character. In, in the end, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of slow. It's kinda, it is slow, but I mean. But it is a good introduction to Yusuke. I will give you that. Like that's how we get attached to the character of Yusuke, so that we understand he's not the same as the rest of the street thugs that he hangs out with. We get to understand what really makes Yusuke special. Shout out to street thugs. <laughs> you real came up in that one. <laughs> yeah. Like, what does Marlo? What do Marlo and Yusuke have in common? I. <laughs> oh yeah, you saw that thing where it was like change a video game title with one letter. I said Super Marlo World posted a gift from the wire. Oh yeah, yep, I did see that. But um, yeah, <laughs> Somber I, Man sixty four. I don't want them. I don't know, like. Yeah, that's. I feel like where I get worried about a Yu Yu Hakusho remake is in the monster creation. Because they can either go one of two ways with this. And I feel like one is going to be campy and uncanny and it's going to ruin the whole thing. If they follow the script, I don't know. Yeah. All I know is live action or not, he ain't better disappear in the blink of an eye. He ain't better be able to just go so fast that it's just like gone. Do we know? So. Do we have any information on like the studio working on this and all that? Nope. None of that. I, we just have a Netflix official tweet saying it's happening. Seriously, who the fuck asked for this? Yeah. It's like I didn't hear anybody. I mean, like this was never even an ink. Like I never even thought of a remake of Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, neither did I. This was one of those things that I thought was like good. Left the left most left. out of left field. I wouldn't say the most out of left field, but it's just like, yeah, who who the fuck asked for this? <laughs> In an official statement by Netflix, they are also working on a live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, that one I did see. You did? Oh, okay, so you yeah. brought that up for a reason. Yeah, the okay. Cowboy Bebop one they are working on. Yeah. That one I was like, okay, I can see that. I'll definitely watch that. Okay. Like, if they told me they were doing Castlevania live-action, I would be... Uh, 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 uh. Oh, God, yeah, no. That, see, that doesn't need to be live-action. I can't just watch a, a guy seriously live-action walk like a Belmont the whole fucking show. Like, I couldn't see... I, I cannot seriously do that. I'm just... Oh, God. Like, he wakes knows. up in bed and then immediately starts, like, lifting his knees and is moving his elbows. So the production for the show will be handled by the Japanese company Robot. Okay, now you can like speak into the mic about the production company. Okay, so looks like the production company that's handling this is going to be Robot Communications. This production company is the production company behind uh, Terraform Mars. All right. Um, Didn't you say Parasite Eve? Yeah, Parasite, Parasite 2, A Man Called Pirate, The Eternal Zero. Parasite the movie or the anime? Oh, that's what I'm looking at. 
Okay, so they did the live-action adaptation of Parasite the anime. Gotcha. And they Not did... the award-winning... Not that, like, Oscar-winning Parasite movie. No, 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 not that one. And they did the live-action adaptation of Terraform Mars. So, it looks like this company has... A... They've, they've done a couple of them, meaning they no, are reliable a... enough to not be out of business. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like they've done a lot of live-action adaptations of Japanese remakes. I mean, they've got a pretty lengthy uh, production record here. Now, whether these movies hold up or not, I guess we're not. I'm not really in the market, so I would have to look and see. Parasite 2 adaptation was given a 2 out of 5 star. <laughs> By a, I guess, uh, a Wikipedia site. Well, I'm feeling real confident right now. They're not out of business, but they definitely, they're, uh, they're, they're shooting, they're shooting above par right now. The first Parasite adaptation got a three out of five stars, three and a half out of five. Yay! So it, I don't know. I guess based on the record, from what I'm gathering, it looks like this. I want a six out of five stars production company to take the second best anime of all time. And adapt it. It looks like this may be tolerable. I don't know if that's the ground we want to start from. There's only one acceptable. There is only one acceptable casting for Kuwabara. <laughs> they are not gonna get Blake Griffin to play <laughs> Kuwabara. He looks so perfect. It doesn't matter. Wouldn't that be wild? Yeah, no. I feel like if that happened, I would immediately check out. I would be like, I'm gonna tell my kids growing up. That you, that cool bar is Blake Griffin, <laughs> and I'm gonna get a terrible like I'm gonna go through the entire series and just edit out a part where they say cool bar and it'll be like, no, god damn it, Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. All right. So, I don't know. With that being said, I guess we'll more will be released shortly. I didn't really see anything about casting or anything like that, but a be nervous. Well. I mean... Not cautiously optimistic, just be nervous. A Japanese studio is at the helm. Like, this is something that should cause anxiety. So, I, it's not going to get Americanized like Avatar. The, the moment I read this, my back literally tightened up. Yeah, but see, I feel like what you're afraid is going to happen is what happened to Dragon Ball Z. And I feel like... Death that Note. Was Death Note Full an American metal. studio? Yeah, but it was awful. That's my point. Like, and then the Full Metal one wasn't that good either. It was that an American studio? No, that was a Japanese studio. Okay, that's fair. Because I know Dragon Ball. I feel like that was an American studio. That All right, Tagashi fans, be nervous. You might have hypertension, so tread cautiously. Just, you know, just stand still. It's better to just stand still and wait for help. Stand back and stand by. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyway, as a great transition, now, the MLB has officially recognized Negro League stats hey. as Major League Baseball stats. Hey. I hey. actually wrote to my dad about this. In representation news. Um, because, you know, like, I was... Baseball's got a lot of sentimental value to me. So... Bill Russell once said, as a black man, you should never argue about inclusion. You told me about Mantle, Mays, Ruth, everyone else, but you also told me about Josh Gibson and the Babe Ruth of the Negro Leagues and how Satchel Paige could throw a ball perfectly over a matchbox. 
With these records, Page picked up another 146 career wins. Gibson is now unofficially credited with 962 career home runs, exactly 200 more than the official record holder, prior official record holder, Barry Bonds. He was once asked how he felt about holding that record, and he said it was strange to me since it's really Josh Gibson's. I very much appreciate the wide context of history in America, but always showing me that there's some good in this world. I believe it has made me a better person and put myself in other people's shoes much easier. So it's been almost 20 years since I first heard about Josh Gibson and that home run record to make me think every time it's brought up, yeah, but Gibson over hit over 900 in my head whenever it's mentioned. The greatness of someone can't be taken away by people who willingly ignore it because there is witness to greatness. You made sure to tell me about greatness where greatness exists. And I thank you for that. Hey, shout out to Pops. See, I bet you he listened to this shit. He probably just dropped a little tear just now. Well, I texted it to him and he said thank you. It meant a lot. So Yeah. And I'm sure he'll listen to it. That's one of those less words the more the better type of things. Yeah, exactly. And it was sitting two text messages, so you know he had to send one and then just be like I need to add a little emphasis. Yeah. I don't talk to you dad too often with my dad. Like, there's no current bad blood. We just don't talk that often. Yeah. Like, I know if I call him, I can help answer, but... I got the same kind of relationship with my dad. But, I mean, to bring it back to baseball. I mean, see, but that's the thing that baseball does. That's one of those things that you can never take away from the sport. Is like, it is a great bonding tool. <laughs> but... And, just to remember that baseball is actually the first monoculture moment of significant civil right advancement when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. Well, that was the first time that white America had no choice. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Because not only did he play in the majors, he was a superstar. This is one of the things, that, and that's the thing that's so powerful about the MLB recognizing Negro League stats, is one of the areas that especially American media loves to feature groundbreaking efforts of inclusion is in the sports arena, right? Because, I mean, one of the things that the fucking white man loves is competition right like down to (laughs) i think you could just say men in general well men in general right but that's the point of this is like once you got into an area where you had a bunch of guys who for a second for whatever reason were able to put their differences to the side for the love of an activity (laughs) essentially and baseball has actually been while like you wouldn't think it, but and baseball not only was like the first, because he did the, he broke the color barrier in 1942. Yeah. So, um, I believe it was 42. Uh, but I mean, black people have been breaking barriers. But see, this I mean. But baseball also recognized this in 1996 when they retired number 42. Yeah. Um, throughout all of baseball. Nobody ever would be able to wear 42. 
would be able to come into the league and choose to wear 42, 42 right. ever again. The people that were already wearing 42 were grandfathered in and they were allowed to wear it until they retired. Yeah. The last one to wear number 42 was to was future Hall of Famer, Yankees closer, Mariano Rivera. And it's just... It was one of those The only things, day it'll be worn is yeah. by uh, on Jackie Robinson Day where everybody in the sport wears 42. Yeah, everybody is allowed to wear the number of their day because that's what Jackie did. He made it a sport for My biggest everybody. hero. Jackie's my biggest hero. I love Jackie Robinson. Yeah. I got his jersey, and I know and it's the one jersey I can wear to any park in America. With good reason. Really. Mm-hmm. He is to baseball with again. I walked up Muhammad to um, Ali is to boxing. I walked up to Power Plant one night wearing my uh, Jackie Robinson jersey. So in the front they just saw Dodgers, and then they were uh, they looked at me and they were like, "Who's jo- whose jersey is that?" I turned around and I showed him Robinson. They were just like, "Yeah, yeah, bet, yeah." It's one of those things, man. Like. It almost don't even, like, LeBron is, like, contested, right? But, like, nobody shits on you for wearing a Michael Jordan jersey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, like, the bouncers there, they were black, so they saw me with the Robinson jersey, and they yeah. were, they, they, no, they I, gave me the extra, like, yeah. my man. I got that. Like, it's heavy, yo. And the fact that they are officially, I mean, it's about fucking time, right? Because, yeah, we had to form our own league and it's not even like we had to like we love the sport that much that we they we weren't gonna let differences take it away from us so they formed their own entire like league and system like that comparable to the mlb if not exceeding because like you said that's one of the knocks against babe ruth is that was he playing against inferior competition but then, like, the other thing is, is like... That's why nobody yeah, talks about the beginning of the NBA, right? But, like, the NBA before it was, like, integrated isn't even fucking, like, culturally relevant. Yeah, nobody talks about George Mikan in the GOAT conversation. Like, come on. Kudos to baseball. Shout now, can you take it. the Astros championship away for cheating? <laughs> Literal cheating. It's worse than the 1919 Black Sox scandal. It's worse than the Patriots scandal. The fuck yes it is! <laughs> The 1919 just, Black Sox scandal was the previous biggest stain yeah, on baseball. Yeah. And they chose to lose the World Series. Damn. Controversy. Think about that. Fuck you, Houston. <laughs> Fuck you, James Harden. It, it damn. damn. Gee, I, I hate that guy. James Harden? I fucking hate James Harden. God damn. What, why all the smoke for James Harden? Hold on. I'm going to take one more bathroom break before we get into the wrap up of here. But you gonna explain why you hate James Harden so much. Look, I can't stand James Harden. I can't stand James Harden. You ever, have you ever ran fives? I'm, you've ran fives once in your life, right? Yeah, of course. The, not more than once, but still. Like, yeah, at least once. But... You know when you're on that team that's like winning and you're you're happy. You're like, yeah, I get to yeah. stay on the court for a while. Right. And then by like the third game, you realize, oh, this motherfucker hasn't passed to me once. Oh, you feel like. He's and I mean, like, yeah, he's he's making all of these shots, okay, but but where are you he's going with this? Literally not passing the ball. I'm using right. all my energy on defense. Mm. And you feel like your potential was being wasted. 
words don't get to play. play. So you feel like if you were on a team with James Harden, you wouldn't get to play? Yeah, because he's I'm, showboating you, all the time. And then I, I'm not on a team with James Harden. I have to watch a team with James Harden. Right. Are you kidding me? So you just feel like you're watching James Harden and you're really not watching basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you really want to I don't want to watch him dribble 17 times at the top of the key and then step back and hit a jumper. Oh, and you feel 40 like times in a game. So you feel like it's boring. He's boring as fuck to mm -hmm. watch. Also, I just like he's. But he's, he's an efficient boy. He's like, a crybaby. He's uh, the biggest flopper in the NBA. You know who it's. He's the type of guy that just like pushes every single letter to the law. So the moment somebody will touch him, he'll look like he got fucking shot. I was gonna say it sounds like you're talking about Floyd Mayweather, right? Like somebody who's efficiently, somebody who is good and efficient and knows what their plan of action is and they come in the game with the same plan of action every time so people get the fans get bored because they're like we know what we're getting when we're watching floyd mayweather what you know what you're getting when you're watching james harden but then you throw the crybaby aspect into it and like there may still be a comparison gets even worse right now he wants a trade but the entire time he was there i want this person as a teammate gets him i don't want him anymore He's done that like three or four times. Hmm. And, you know, he always fucking loses. He loses every single year in the playoffs in an embarrassing fashion. So what you're saying is... And then he still, like, talks hot shit. I'm like, dude, you fucking... You can't win in the clutch at all. Like, there was right. one game you legit missed, like, 18 three-pointers. <laughs> I mean... Look. And it was a game six or seven. Like... I'm no athlete, right? So I'm not gonna shit on it, but... <laughs> Still, if you go for that many of them, like, how many did he make that game? Do you remember? I think he legit went, like, three for 21. Shit. Shit. Whew. Those are rough numbers. But, I mean, I... Damn, the hatred, though. I still feel like Now, let that hatred, sink in. Though. That's 21 times that you saw him dribble at the top of the key for 18 seconds and then do a step back. <laughs> I was going to say would be, but is it efficient? But I mean, if he only made three of those 21 shots, then. Yeah. Ah, yikes. yikes. I still, though, I feel like. The but I mean, that's also go that's, go that's going into super, like, basketball yeah. theory. And then yeah. the other thing is, is, you know, just like him rolling up to little babies with a fucking Gucci bag full of honey buns and a fucking $300,000 $300, watch and $150,000 in cash. I'm just like, dude, you have. Your team's it got a game in preseason tomorrow. You're not as cool as Dennis Rodman. <laughs> That's exactly what it made me think about just now. Is like, you're Dennis not Rodman. as cool as Dennis Rodman. I mean, he he might be, though. I mean... You yeah. know what the other thing is? Dennis Rodman would do this before a playoff game. But Dennis Rodman also didn't miss 18 three-pointers. Would Dennis Rodman have made, even attempted 18 no. three-pointers? <laughs> yeah. Two things. One, he knew it was bad. It was a bad idea. And two, you really think Rodman wants to move that much after spending all night in Vegas with Carmen Electra? Breaking his dick. That's not a, a joke. Yeah. Michael Jordan once had to find oh, Rodman. Yeah, no, I saw this story. And, and yeah. knock on his door and he said, Remind him. Like, Carmen Electra, like, jumped out of bed and he said, Jordan said, I will not say what? Not who? What? Was in the bed with them. Oh God. Oh God. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. 
I don't every the internet was curious. But the internet also really didn't want to know either. I was gonna say, what was the leading theory? <laughs> you, I, you don't for all I know, it. it could be a fucking tiger. Yeah. It, I, immediately, that's what my mind jumped to. But then I'm like, why would they be in bed with the tiger? It's Dennis Rodman. And <laughs> featuring Joe Exotic. <laughs> no, you, any question with Dennis Rodman, you can answer with, because it's Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. Why is Dennis Rodman in North Korea? So, I was listening to Joe Rogan interviewing Billy Corgan, the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins. How long do you think it takes before Joe Rogan interviews Dennis Rodman? Mm -hmm. It's hard enough to get Dennis Rodman to sit down somewhere for 30 minutes. This is what I'm... All right, so, like, he was hanging out with Billy... He used to hang out with the Smashing Pumpkins all the time in the 90s. Right. Um, But there was one night that... You know, Billy went to a restaurant and he was like, oh, Dennis is here. So, you know, he went up and saw Dennis for like 45 minutes and then Dennis Irish goodbye out. Right, yeah. And then Billy was like, the next day I saw that Dennis was in North Korea. <laughs> the man be on the move, yo. Rolling Stone guys. But he's literally moments. hanging out with the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins like, yeah, exactly. like 12 hours earlier. The man be making Why? Moves. Because he's Dennis Rodman. Exactly. What do you think? Like he James Harden, though. Is not Dennis Rodman. He might be. We you, you gotta give him some time. You never know. Who knows? Yeah, but when he tries the Dennis Rodman, he cringe. It's like it's cringe. Like he gave the, <laughs> he gave the bag to little so baby, he just, and he's yeah. just looking at the camera the whole time. And I'm like, Dennis wouldn't give a fuck. The camera's there. Sometimes. Dennis would just know the camera's there. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Doing shit for clout. Hanging out with rappers. It's like what Taylor Swift always does her charity work with a camera crew. Clout by association. That kind of shit. So yeah, fuck James Harden. Fuck that guy. Well, I mean, I guess you put up a strong argument. I don't know. They were were talking like Boston Celtics trades for Harden. And I'm like, keep him as far away from my fucking team as possible. Damn. They were like, we'll trade, you know, Jalen Brown. I'm like, no, I'm already out. I want Jalen there forever. Let's keep Jalen, Tatum, and Marcus Smart forever. I don't know. James Harden sounds like a good addition to that lineup. No! (laughs) You want to know why it doesn't? Because you'd have to take probably two of them out. Yeah. Most likely Marcus Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. Not doing it. If you had to pick one of the two, though. Harden or Brown? No. No, I'm saying Brown or Smart. Oh, I'd keep Jalen Brown. I think, mm. honestly, of those three, like, Tatum's the best player. Tatum's the player I want for the first 47 minutes. Jalen Brown's the one yeah. I want for the last one. Okay. Well, moving on to our next topic here, our final topic of the evening. This one's fucked. The meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Ah. You go ahead and lead this shit. Because you did all the heavy lifting here, the heavy research. Russia hacked America's everything. And, damn, and we're sure that all the leading evidence suggests it's Russia, is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, in the leading evidence, it is widely believed to be Russian hackers out of the U.S. government. They need to get out of the U.S. government networks. Um because they've been quietly going through them since March. Since, whew, so 
at the beginning of the pandemic, they just started like rifling through while we were trying to deal with that shit. They just started rifling through the garage while we were looking at the kitchen burning down. And according to, uh, as Frank Bajak from AP put it, uh, this is Washington's worst cyber espionage failure on record. Shit. Shit. Even worse than the 2014-2015 hacks? Mm-hmm. Shit. Experts say there are simply not enough skilled threat-hunting teams to duly oh identify all the government and private sector systems that may have been hacked. Gee, it's that bad? Pretty bad. So, the company FireEye was the cyber company right. that actually discovered Russia hacking into everything. I remember hearing about that. Uh, and according to Bruce Schneider, a prominent security expert, uh, said, we don't know what networks they are in or how deep they are or what they have access to or what tools they have left. Oh my God. So <laughs> it's not clear Damn. what the hackers were seeking. It may include nuclear secrets, blueprints for advanced weaponry, COVID-19 vaccine related research and information on dossiers on government and industry leaders. So, so it sounds like they was just in that bitch looking for anything. Yep. Anything of relevance. And like, everything. And they got it. And they probably got it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's good to know. So we don't know what the implications of this are yet because we can't even tell what they have access to yet. Yeah, most presume that the unidentified or the unclassified networks are teeming with spies. And uh, government con or government officials will have to start conducting business on Signal, WhatsApp, and other encrypted smartphone apps. Oh my god, so they've now... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh my goodness, so their entire communication system is down, and they have now had to move to social media, encrypted social... I guess it's not as bad as, like, using and communicating over Twitter, but goddamn, they might as well be... So, the ending of this article, I have to read. It's This is the last sentence of the article, but you just actually perfectly described it. An unnamed security official said that he used to make the joke that the reason the Russians didn't have Hillary Clinton's email is because she took it off the official State Department server. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. So... It turns out, by not using the State Department server, Hillary may have been... Oh my goodness, this is... Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Huh, eh. Because 2020 had to go out on a bang. Yeah, and uh, Schneider, the security expert, said the only way to make sure that the network is clean is to quote-unquote burn it down to the ground and rebuild it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Imagine a computer I... network as a mansion you inhabit, and you are certain a serial killer has been there. You don't know if he's gone. How do you get your work done? You just kind of hope for the best. That is another quote from Schneider. <sighs> Yikes. This is what warfare is going to look like in the future, man. They, the way that article reads, and it may just be the way that, you know, the journalist wrote the article for a dramatic effect, but it sounds like warfare, you know? Like, they literally crept in to the bunker in the middle of the night while everybody was sick and writhing in the infirmary, and they raided that bitch. It gets, a little, it gets a little more confusing, though. The, uh, the Democratic chairs of four House committees, given classified briefings by the Trump administration, 
uh, they were complaining that they were left with more questions than answers after reading the Trump administration briefing. That's so vague, though. I wonder what essentially that means, because... Administration officials were unwilling to share the full scope of the breach and identities of the victims. Ex exactly. So it sounds like they either don't know or what they know is so baffling that it just leads to more questions. Like, I'm getting that if based off of who they know has been hacked, they're wondering what it means. Yeah, like, they say that the, the they source... They don't know what the implications of this are. They say that the original source, um, which infected 18,000 between March and June with malicious code, uh, they say that it was piggybacked off of the popular network management software SolarWinds from Austin, Texas. Um, mm. They have identified since more than 40 government agencies, think tanks, government contractors, non-governmental organizations, and technological companies infiltrated by the hackers, 75% of them in the United States. SolarWinds customers include most Fortune 500 companies and its U.S. government clients are rich with generals and spy masters. But see, the more we talk about this, the more I remember... They basically... Leading up to the struck election... Struck from the you, heart to begin. Yeah, it was yeah. like... It, it's, it really is just like a virus. They just hit from the most vulnerable spot. Yeah. No, absolutely. It was a raid. I see it more as like a, a snake bite. It was a raid on a compound. Like, they just found a way to get into our security systems, man. Like, it, it was a castle raid. They breached the castle walls. <laughs> like, they climbed in, like I said, while everybody was sick and sleeping. Yeah. And they raided the fucking compound, and we have no idea Arrest what the killers were... of Breonna Taylor. That part. This is what warfare is going to look like moving forward here. And now we have to access... Now we have to assess what they got and what they can potentially do with it. We That's... That, when you say they were left with more questions, that's what I'm gathering. It's like they don't even know what this potentially means for our security. Or for our sec security agencies. Yeah, it's really disheartening to hear all of these security experts being like, We don't fucking know! Right, right. Like, they don't know... It. They almost don't even know it's... It, I guess it's safe to assume it's Russia, right? But they, it, still, they don't really know if it's Russia. They're pretty sure it's Russia. I mean... They're pretty sure it's Russia. Yeah. There's no reason to... It sounds USA, like the U.S., Russia, and China have all been, you know, going in on each other's government networks. Exactly, and the, but that's what I was going to bring up earlier is... It is a pot remember, kettle black situation. I mean, we've totally been doing it. I remember leading... It was, it was just like two, three episodes back where we were talking about like the hacking that had been discovered leading up to the election by Iran, and there they like made Iran. Remember who was it that came out and made that statement about the hacking that had been discovered, and they labeled Iran like as the lead actor on this shit. And now the deeper that we get into it, the more we're seeing it's Russia. And I feel like going Iran doesn't even want us. Yo, like, I don't know. I guess it, we're going to find out what exactly this all means here in the next couple of months 
getting used to this totally not normal world. This is the new normal. <laughs> the new abnormal. None of this is normal. Look, it's a flood! It's a flood! It's There's flooding! Get away. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground! Open the floodgates.